Well, welcome to this week's podcast, Live Transform. Jim, Audrey, it's good to be together again. I love it. I'm so thankful. Absolutely. I'm so thankful for friends. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful that God has, God has given us thankful new heart. things. Yeah. Mm. Thankful heart's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Jim, you're looking good, enjoying the new year. Well, like I told you when we started, this is my 520 look. <laughs> <laughs> like 5:20 in the morning. Since my my alarm my, my my alarm dysfunctioned at 5:20 this morning. So, uh you know, you know really out of out of all three of us today, Audrey's the only one only one that looks presentable. Bob <laughs> True. Me and you look like somebody had beat on us for two or three days. That's right. That's right. Don't don't take me into public. But, but Audrey's treating us nice as if we actually are presentable. So see, it makes yes. that helps our self worth. That's oh, right. Absolutely. And we've been um, just want to wish everyone an, an amazing day today and uh-huh. thankful that you're investing in your life, your relationships, and this incredible series we've been on about the golden thread of the parables has been something we just want to continue on because the idea of personal responsibility brings so much empowerment to our choices mm-hmm. and our decisions because all of a sudden we don't have to depend on circumstances, on where the wind blows or who, how people around us are acting. We get to have everything that Jesus has for us, period. You know, the, the sad thing is this. Uh, it happened somewhat with the Jews even before Jesus came. But, um, you know, after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, the, the church really did not stay true to the word of God and to his teachings for very long. And like all, all organizations, it doesn't matter if it's my church, my ministry, all organizations if they stay in existence long enough, will reach a place where they only they only exist to keep themselves in existence. It's like a shark. You it's know? like this maintenance self. Like they just have to. Well, every, everybody's got jobs, have. right? Everybody's you know yeah. everybody's got power. There's a power structure, and so you know everything becomes in any business, in any ministry, in any government, everything eventually comes about, uh, uh, really about controlling the people for the benefit of the leaders. And so in order to do that, you have to, you, you have to create, and it's done deliberately, you have to create doctrines that bring people to codependency. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that happens in codependency, and, and you know, when uh, when when Catholicism became the pr- predominant Christian force in the earth, you know, pr- priests, the priesthood took over and became, as a matter of fact, on the on the priest, I mean, on the on the Pope's crown, it says substitute for Christ. It says in Latin, and so basically, a substitute was created between God and man other than Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so from then, and I know Protestants will look at that and they're really, you know, hypercritical of the Catholic Church, but but those same tendencies are pre- are present in Protestant Christianity, word of faith Christianity, and, and every version of they just use different terminology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so 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 Christianity for most of the last 2000 years has been predominantly a codependent uh, environment 
that is really designed to sustain the organizations involved, mm. not to connect men to God and let men do what God said from the beginning. You go out and be fruitful and multiply. You go out and find what your heart longs to do. And you go out and, and have the very best life you want to have doing the whatever it is you enjoy doing. Fulfilling that purpose that... Yeah. You know that God has given you that yeah. song to sing, not not depending on your function as much as just who you are. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's amazing. I, I mean, you know, just that the, 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 people are scared to death of missing God, and mm. it's like it's like you know, you go back and look at the the, the biblical pattern. The biblical <laughs> pattern is within the bounds of God's word, within the bounds of walking in love, applying God's word to love. Go do what you want to do. Because the, mm -hmm, the biblical mm -hmm. pattern is, if God has a special assignment, He is the one responsible to let you know. Yeah. And and and. You, but that that concept is so so hard for us to understand that we actually can do what we want to do because aren't desires scary? Aren't desires going to lead you? And I think we've talked about that 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 when we are wise, when we are in God, when we know who we are, our desires are going to lead us. Yeah. Like the Lord actually uses my desires to lead me to yeah. good things. Like why not use my desires to lead me to good things? You know, so like we we mentioned this I think a couple of weeks ago where we took that scripture we talked about, you know, to uh, raise a child according to his own bent. And when he's old, he will not mm -hmm. depart from it. And so, you know, my job as a father is not to choose the path my children will walk. My job as a father mm -hmm. is to let them choose the path they want to walk. And then for me to teach them how to walk that path with God, empowered mm -hmm. by God, within the bounds mm -hmm. of, of the greatest opportunity for happiness. Well, that's the same way, that's mm -hmm. the same way God does us. And if he's got anything special he wants us to do, he, he's going to say, hey, got something for you over here. I love that. Oh, I, I love it too. But but see, church can't let you think that way. Because if you thought mm -hmm. that way, then that, that would lead you down a path that says, well, wait a minute. Then why am I running to you to tell me what to do? Why am I running over here to you to ask you if this is the will of God for me? Why, you know, I would... In other words, if I get set free in one area, if that becomes reality in one area, it becomes reality in every single area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and we It's not controllable. No. You know what? Bottom line, it's not controllable and it's not ownable. Right. You can't be owned and you can't be controlled. Right. And you don't want people right. like that under your organization because you don't own them and you don't control them. <laughs> so, you know, ultimately... Everything about how church as a whole has been struck. I'm not saying all individual churches are this way. It's no, it's hard. Right. I, you know, anytime you, I, anytime I make these kind of historical references toward church, I have some well-intended people say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, are you saying every church?" No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying I'm using church in a very generalized historical way. Thank God, there are some great churches and great pastors out there that teach people to. Like, like we'll help you, but we will not replace God for you. We'll encourage you, but we're not going to do it for you. You know, there's, there's great leaders mm -hmm. and great churches. But uh, basically, though, in order for us to reach that codependent mindset of always needing someone to approve of what we're doing and telling us that we're in the will of God, and it's, that is always going to come down to creating a pastor's greatest nightmare. You know, uh, there's two or three things after years and years of working with pastors, there's two or three complaints that nearly every pastor has. 
And one of the complaints is, uh, uh, I can't get these people to do anything. Well, of course you can't because you've taught them not to do anything unless they check with you. And then, of course, their next complaint is, well, I'm burnt out. Well, the reason you're burnt out is because you want them to check with you about everything. You're, you're trying to run their lives. You're trying to make all of their decisions. You're trying to pray for them, intercede for them, stand between them and God, bring the anointing to them, da 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 da, da. And so, so really, we create. you can't have responsible people and codependence at the same time. And so mm-hmm. God wants us to bring us into responsibility because in responsibility, there are so many aspects of religion and mysticism and, of course, control and all of those things that just disappear and become non-issues with people who realize that responsibility is the true pathway to freedom. Hmm. And I I was uh, reminded recently, just just reading, going through Matthew and, and remembering that the Lord is our shepherd. And but to remember that a a shepherd is always there for the sheep. Yeah. The sheep aren't there for the shepherd. Right. And and that's when that gets twisted, that's when that codependency comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, the shepherd feels as though, oh, you're the sheep are here for me. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the breakdown of it of it really begins. But when the Lord really becomes my shepherd. He will lead me, you know, beside still waters. He will lead me into green pastures. He will lead me, and he, and he is more than able to direct my life. And in that truth, we don't have to be scared to death of missing God. Right, right. Because when you said that, Jim, today, there's a lot of people listening right now that are saying, that's me. And we've had them in our counseling rooms. We've had them. I Probably my greatest fear is that I'm going to miss God or miss an opportunity. Those are the two things mm-hmm. people are scared of missing. I'm going to miss God or I'm going to miss an opportunity and then it's going to be game over. You know, so that's really good news that we can actually go with our desires and just move within that and trust yeah. God. And you know, remember, I mean, our responsibility is to hear and obey. Yes. And, and so so if God's got something he wants me to do and I'm willing to do anything he says to me, then there's no way I can miss God. There's no way I can miss any special assignment, you know, that, that he's, that he's going to give to me. And, you know, we've talked about mm-hmm. that, how in the Hebrew, the word hear and the word obey are the same Hebrew word implying mm-hmm. that you can only hear what you are willing to obey. So the only mm-hmm. way you can miss God is to say, I'll never do that. You know, I'll never go there. I'll, you know, put some boundary up that says I'm never going to do this. And God's like, okay, sorry, I can't. Then I can't tell you what's next for you. I can't tell you where I want to. Right. But and my and my greatest and my greatest my greatest challenge in this personally is that he lately in the last year or two more than ever he is telling me more to rest and to not do stuff than ever before, which is extremely challenging for me. Because, you know what I'm saying, that is, I feel more comfortable when I'm busy and I'm working and I'm getting things done. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I, last night on our, our, our Facebook Live at Ultimate Impact, you know, we, are, we started this journey back months ago where we went all the way through essential heart physics together. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm doing this in a... That was incredible. I'm doing this in a flowing doing that pattern, together. you know what I mean? Of, yes, of developing. Yes. So we went from there to knowing and feeling the love of God. 
So, so the reality of it is all the way back to months ago at beginning at, with heart physics, the whole point of that is connect with God, hear the voice of God for yourself, you know, da, 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 da. Yeah. And so then we define a little bit more. So, okay, well, I want to, I want to know and feel the love of God. And, and I talked to him about this. I, I found this interesting yesterday, uh, uh, before we had our, our live mentoring program, I, I went in and I started looking at the, the comments that people were making in the group and, and, um, Man, what I'm about to say is such a paradox. It, it's so, uh, it, it, it could be misunderstood easily. But I started seeing people and, and, and they were concerned about whether or not, uh, you know, they'd gotten distracted about uh, uh, why they're not getting healed. They got distracted mm -hmm. about, so is this the devil attacking me or what's happening here? And so all of these things that were legitimate issues that God has deep concern about, and, and what it looked like, and I'm not, and I told him, I said, I'm not getting on to you. I said, I'm, I'm glad you're saying these things because this helps me understand where you are and helps me understand how to minister yes. to you. I said, but what this tells me or what I'm seeing on here is you have forgotten what we were pursuing. We're pursuing mm -hmm. an intimate connection with God where we experience his love and express his love to the world around us. And, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> But just stop and think of all of the legitimate things. This is one of the things in this parable of personal responsibility, the sower and the seed. You know, he talks about all of these other seeds that cause us to get under pressure. We have these pressures. We have these demands. We have these cares of life. We have all, you know, we have these needs or our desires or whatever. So it's like there, there, there's one commandment that says, do this with all your heart. Do this with all your mind. Do this with all your strength. Do this with everything that's in you. And that is hmm. love God. So, wow. so, you know, we start off on this thing. And this, this is what happens to people when they first get saved. They start out on this thing about, man, all I want is to know God. I'm going to pursue God. You know, I'm going to be connected to God. And, hmm. and I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm not trying to just beat up church. But then we start listening to other people and we start listening to good sermons. And But somehow or another... We surrender the one thing that the one mm -hmm. area of personal responsibility that has more consequences, has more benefits and more losses based on how you manage it than anything else. And that is love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and all your strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And so so what happens is I stop pursuing the most important thing because I'm dealing with situational things mm -hmm. and let's just call them earthly things yeah. like the, the pressures the expectations of the world our culture it puts all these pressures on us like that and they're real and then they're, we they're forget legitimate. the one thing and they're so real like we do have to pay our mortgage bill and and stuff yeah. like that and we do have to have health so that we can live and and take care yeah. of our kids I, I get all of the stuff that but he is our only goal and he is the highest place of my heart. And and that has to be established almost every day. This morning, you know, before I went for my walk, I woke up with um, just hope, like wondering, seeing the mystery or even the challenge of how is this year going to work? Because I see some challenges of this coming year. Yeah. If it, it, because I don't see things happening the same way as last year. In other words, God, you're going to have to provide in a way that's different than last year mm. because I don't see last year repeating itself. Right. And so, so then, then the fear comes in. How am I going to implement something to make something work? Yep. 
And then I just have to get back into the very core thing of experiencing love, his feeling his love. And then I hear his voice say, you know what? It would never be, it's okay. It's okay. You can trust me. Can you trust me? I'll go, I can do that. Mm -hmm. He goes, okay, then we've got it all. If you can trust me, you've got it all. And then I was listening to um, just some old songs and um, it just had this one line in this song. It says, um, you're my only show. Like it's the only show. The only show that's important is me and you. Because when I get to heaven one day, for most of my life, all of my life, I've imagined, like, I want to see millions of people when I see Jesus that are there because of my life, that I've affected all these people. And I want to, and I want to see this and I want to see that. And then in the last couple of weeks, I saw a vision of me meeting up with Jesus face to face. And it was just me and him. Yep. Yep. He's the only show. He's the only, it's not a stage. It's not a parade. No. It's not a, what you did in this world. Yep. He is the thing. He is that one goal that counts. Yeah, you know, it's, it, we have this incredible, because we really don't believe God's enough. Hmm. Then we have this incredible propensity to very easily cast aside the most important thing in our life, which is loving all your mind, not some of your mind, mm-hmm. all of your attention, mm-hmm. all every, everything. And, and again, it's not that getting this need met is wrong. It's not, it's not, but when I get so obsessed with getting healed that I'm not seeking right. him first, mm-hmm. when I get so obsessed with getting out of this financial pressure that I'm not seeking him first, then the real truth, even if I get that thing that I want or think that I need, I get there and I'm not really intimately connected to him, which means I'm going to find some way to mess it up. I'm going to, I'm going to blow it up. And so I'm not just trying to do a rehash of what I was talking about last night. But God has has made it clear. This is what I want from you more than anything else, you know. And this is what I mm-hmm. want for you more than anything else. You know, I I, I, I want to know you. I want to relationship with you, and then I want you mm-hmm. out of that relationship to make decisions about the kind of life you want. And other than that, if I got anything for you, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so, and so. We just don't believe that being foolishly happy with God is enough to make us foolishly happy. <laughs> and so we, we, so we're, you know, we get distracted so easily and pursue other things so easily. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, and again, I, I don't like to just rehash something that I just shared, but I think it's per- pertinent. I, even though we're hidden back into the parables and responsibility, I still think this is very pertinent. You know, uh, when you think about light and darkness and all the things that light and darkness represent, you know, they're a continuum of certain things. There is, there has never been one time in the history of creation that, that darkness overcame light. Mm-hmm. So the whole concept of the devil winning or anything like that is just utter foolishness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because darkness does not overcome light. It's when you remove light that darkness has a space to invade. Hmm. And so as long as you're in the light, as he is in the light, there's not any, there's not any room for any darkness. 
That's a good thought. That's a great thought. The psalmist said, you know, in your light, we have light. So, so, and I kind of have this picture of, okay, God is just God, knowing God, being connected to God. This is my ultimate priority. And so if he's my ultimate priority and, and, and I embrace that with all my heart, then I'm, I'm never in darkness. Hmm. And Jesus talked about this. Jesus talked about if you walk in darkness, you'll stumble. And, you know, we, we, we translate to, so if you walk in sin, you'll stumble. Well, you're kind of missing kind of what he's saying. That's a real comfort to me. If if he is always my com- my priority, then I am never in darkness. Then you're never in darkness. If he yeah, if if, if you're pursuing him, I for mean that's it, yeah. pretty simple right there. It is. So you stop and think. Okay, I'm going down this pathway, man. I'm pursuing God with all my heart, and so maybe I have a like I say a real legitimate financial crisis. I have a real legitimate health crisis, you know, or whatever. It's not that I don't deal with those things, but those things can never become the path I'm following because I want to, they can never supersede my intention and my passion to be intimately connected to God. Now, so if, even though healing is of God, even though prosperity is of God, even though all these things that we need are part of the promises of God, the thing is, is if I turn away from this path of pursuing him over here to this path, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in some darkness now because I'm not seeking him first. Hmm. And even though I'm over here getting something he promised, I've made it my priority. Hmm. I've made it my focus. I'm not loving him with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength. Uh, You know, in other words, I'm loving him with some of it. I'm pursuing it with some of it. Hmm. And so the problem is the growing chaos in my life comes because I have chosen to turn away from my passionate pursuit of him to the passionate pursuit of something I legitimately need in my life. But the problem is now there's now because he's not the center of it all, I end up over here in some darkness. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of paradoxes in it. I know a lot of people say, so you're saying it's wrong for me to want to get healed? No, I'm saying it's I'm saying it's destructive for you to make getting healed more of a you're priority saying- than mm-hmm. pursuing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, is it wrong for me to pay my bills? No, I tell you what was wrong is wrong usually for you to get that deep in debt to start with. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't want to go there because it'd make everybody mad. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, so so you you know we make these personal. Here's an amazing thing: I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm gonna get out of the will of God, so I'm not gonna make any decision for God unless I hear from God. But if there's something something over here I want. Forget about God. I'm going over and getting this. Well, wait a minute. I thought you was all worried about the will of God. Am, am I conveying that in a way it makes sense? Yeah. Yes. And I've done it myself. And I have literally heard the Lord's voice said, I actually love you. And you can actually do what you're desiring to do right now. It's like, are you sure? Because it's too good. I want to do something really great. Well, do it. Yeah. It's like, but I haven't. But have you told me for sure I'm allowed to? You know, you know. somebody that helped me so much. And um, at one of the pivotal points of my life was T.L. Osborne. Mm-hmm. Now, probably a lot of people listening to us don't know who T.L. Osborne is. T.L. Osborne has probably preached the gospel face to face to more people than anyone who has ever lived. Wow. He's probably 
as far as we know, he's seen more supernatural miracles live face to face than anybody that's ever lived. Really? And what's interesting about that is that Till Osborne, I don't think, man, he, I don't know, 10 or 12 or 14 brothers and sisters, you know, and he was the youngest and he was raised on a farm. And, you know, one by one, as his siblings would get old enough, man, they, they want to get off that farm. Go, they didn't want to live, spend their life working for their dad on a farm. So he, he ends up, he's like the last one there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh, some tent preacher came to town and uh, needed somebody to play organ in, in their meetings. So he went and played organ. And uh, so when the tent preacher got ready to leave, he invited T.L. to go with him and become his organist in his tent meetings. And here's what T.L. says. He says, I don't know if God ever called me. All I know is I want to get off that farm. (laughs) And so he just made this decision and I understand you could take this too far. You know what I mean? I, I do realize yeah, that. Yeah, I do. But he just made this decision, and kind of as he grew in God, he just kept making decisions. And he even, he, I mean, he, he said, and this was in 1980-something, he said, you know, I don't know if God ever called me or not. I just went and did it. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind, of, I, I kind of took this attitude from TL, and I just said, God, here's the deal. The world's dying and going to hell. Your, your word says, preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. So I'm going mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'll just decide where I want to go. And if you mm-hmm. don't want me to go there, if it's not safe, if it's anything you don't want me to do, then I expect you to tell me or warn me. But if it's already written in your word, there's nothing else you have to say about it unless you're saying, give me wisdom about, no, don't go there right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the end of that was, was probably a thousand churches getting started around the world. Maybe, you know, a, a the reports say there that many. I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. but thousands of people getting saved, thousands of people having miracles, pastors being trained all over the world. All of that happened, and uh, there were very few of those places that God ever said go. Almost every one of them, I just say, "Think I'm gonna go here." What you think, God? And that, that was it. That, mm-hmm. that was about the extent of my, my prayer life about it. You know, mm-hmm. I do remember one time I was I I, I got this invitation to go. Uh, 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 in desire. I'd already been desire once, uh, at this time and got this invitation, really, really great invitation to go do big, massive meetings in Zaire. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going unless you don't want me to go. And I'm telling you, I knew in my heart, don't go, mm-hmm. do not go. Mm-hmm. I turned down the invitation and, uh, the time that I would have been there, they had an Ebola outbreak and I probably would have been right in the middle of it, middle of it and may have never come back alive. Hmm. So you can always, hmm. you can always trust God for, for all those mm-hmm. things. Yes. Yes, you yes. can. But other than that, it's real simple. If it's in God's word, the answer is yes. According to the apostle Paul, second Corinthians one twenty. Mm-hmm. If it's in God's word, the answer is yes. But the one ingredient that you're bringing to this is, but I'm always open to the wisdom of God in case about, you know, if he wants me to go at a different time, he doesn't want me to go, he doesn't want me to do this or whatever. But if it's in the Bible, it's the will of God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to move people to a place to where they're intimate enough with God, not with me, not checking in with me, not, you know, not calling me to, 
to to see, but they're they're connected with God and they make personal choices and know how to operate faith in those choices without getting into something squirrely or something manipulative or trying to force God to do something or some or, or something phony. And so mm-hmm. the real truth is most of the miraculous things that, that I want in my life is real simple. God, I keep God as my first priority, my first focus, the most important thing I'm going to do, and, and, and everything else can fall apart, but I'm going to do this. This is going to be the path that I walk. Mm-hmm. My ministry mm-hmm. is not going to be the path that I walk. N- nobody else is going to be the path that I walk. God is going to be the shepherd that chooses the path. All I'm going to do is follow him. And then I'm going to decide. I'm going to, Other than that, I'm going to make decisions about the quality of my life. Because we said this last week, we were created the likeness image of God. We are the only being that has the capability and, and, and are designed to change the quality of our life by our decisions. Mm-hmm. So if I want the quality of my financial life to get better, I'm going to make some God decisions and I'm going to move yeah. into the realm of faith. If I want yeah. my health mm-hmm. to get better, I'm going to make some God decisions and then I'm going to move into it in the realm of faith. Whatever part of my mm-hmm. life I want to change, I've got to make that decision and then I've got to get on that path and, and walk, know how to walk by faith in that path. Mm-hmm. Taking, you know, just a reminder, you know, of uh, Matthew chapter 6, and, you know, Jesus, you know, speaking there and, uh, and really dealing with, you know, our passions and our possessions yeah. of money. And the, the thing that keeps coming through is, why do you worry about all of these right. things? Oh, my gosh. What, why Isn't do you worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to yes. eat, where you're going to go? What, you know, all of these. Uh, and he says, look at the lilies of the field. You know, I, I care for them. How much more mm. would I care for you? But the the word that just um, keeps reappearing is is that is that word of worry, mm-hmm. and and we concern so ourselves, you yeah. know, with uh, so many things, and and then you know Jesus comes back and and uh, he says these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows what you need, and then it goes into um, the the famous verse that we all know, and that is, seek first. Hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and all else, you know, all these things, his righteousness, and he will give you everything that you need. Yeah. And so that's... that's that sums it up, right? That there is that the scripture. invitation. Yeah. But I recognize that, yeah, the things of this world, they can, they can really take away distract, distract our distract our attention, attention. Yeah. and 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 we can lose sight and mm-hmm. we can lose focus mm-hmm. and well, you know that but that all comes from one easy to identify direct line source and uh remember all temptation is rooted in the feeling of lack. In other words, you can't be tempted unless you believe you are either in lack or or that uh, or that or that you can't trust God to lead you away from lack. Now, <clears throat> the core belief that 
is the absolute core of of what leads you into feeling lack, which is what led Adam and Eve into feeling lack, and you know mm-hmm. everybody since then, is that God is really not good, therefore he can't be trusted. It's really interesting as I went through, and you know you have to realize like like the, the, in our ultimate impact, which is a you know our, our private online mentoring group. Uh, these people tell, man, they get on there and tell the truth. They talk about what they're struggling with. I'm, I'm so proud of them people. I'm telling you what, it's, it's like this is the ultimate dream of somebody in the ministry to actually have people tell you the truth about what they're going through, what they're afraid <laughs> yeah. of, and yeah. you know what their struggles are. Uh, but it's really interesting. I find that when anytime people habitually make posts you know, about struggling with something or mm-hmm. people make to, uh, posts about you know being tempted or I- anything that gets into all of this mm-hmm. struggling and conflict it always 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 goes back to not believing that God is good and always good always wow. because the real reason I'm pursuing this over here is because I don't think God's going to be enough It's true. It, and and it's, okay, this is the part, tell me if I'm talking too much about today, but <laughs> it's every single day. Yeah, no. Like today I had to get through that and then I got through it. Yep. And I all, and, and you know how I got through it? By experiencing his love, yep. period. It's like, oh wait, maybe should I be worried about this or this or this? And then get into that intimate relationship with him where you're hearing his voice. And it's like, no, yeah. I don't have to worry about that. No. No, I can trust you. And, and you know, and and again, uh, and we, you know, maybe we'll get to talk about this in the future. But I think people even just overcomplicate the whole idea of what does that mean to feel His love. You know what I mean? It, it's because mm-hmm. He is not the pursuit. Let me tell you something. Anybody that is pursuing, any man that's pursuing a woman, any woman is pursuing a man. This is always the model. If we want to understand us and God, that's the model we always got to go back to. Mm-hmm. I can promise you this. Any man pursuing the woman of his dreams, when he she stops and gives him the slightest bit of attention, everything in him lights up. Everything in him comes alive. He feels it. He knows it. He's aware of it. His world is upside down. Over nothing sometimes but a look, a pleasant look. Is that true, Bob? Do I have that effect on you? Oh, yeah. You're powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, me and Brenda have been married, you know, almost 40 years. And, and you know, the highlight of my day is is going to be, uh, other than what happens with me and God, is going to be is going to be when she expresses herself to me in a loving way. And and sometimes mm-hmm. that's just so simple. So it's nothing big, nothing profound. It's just, it can be just mm-hmm. one sentence. It can just be one embrace. Yeah. And so, so... So, you know, we, we complicate this whole thing about knowing and feeling the love of God. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we struggle with even feeling the love of God is because he is not our highest pursuit. Mm-hmm. The reason the reason that female has such a profound effect on that man by the slightest acknowledgement is because in this life, at that moment, she is his highest pursuit. And when something is your mm-hmm. highest priority, your highest, you know, your 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 most defined, your greatest pleasure, your yeah. deepest pursuit, the 
everything uh, about who you are. The, the, yes, your greatest joy. Any response is dramatic. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. But if if she's only somebody you'd like to date, if you have trouble with your girlfriend you got now, <laughs> yeah. You know, in other words, if she's just kind of Plan B, uh, she, she could dance naked on the table, and you might not be that 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 excited about it because you're still thinking well, that's still just Plan B. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not that I'm not that turned on. I'm not that I'm not that excited. By the way, you have to be an old redneck who hung around bars to understand why that terminology is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but great. Thanks for that. Jim. The degree of passion you have for anything yes. is just like judgment. You know, the judgment you have about something is, is that determines how it affects you. Well, the passion that you have for something also determines how the slightest response, you know, affects you. And so... That's a really good way of saying it. Yeah. The degree of passion you have determines how much it's going to affect you. The degree of judgment you have on the opposite spectrum determines how much it's going to affect you because you're giving power to that thing that you're giving priority to. So, So if we don't... If we're really not passionately pursuing God, and listen, don't be ashamed to admit that maybe somewhere along the way you've lost your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great thing to say out loud because then that gives you the ability to change that and just confess the limitation and say, "But I'm going to choose." And you know, remember, confession in the original language is like taking a rock out of your shoe. Remember, you have to take hold yeah. of the rock to throw it away. That's right. You can't. That's you can't right. get rid of it. If you, you don't have own to it. name it, you have to name it and say, yeah, this is and so, happening. So, yes. You know, and I've had times in my life, you know, boy, you know, you think about some of the financial stuff I've gone through, some of the health things I've gone through, you know, you fight for your life for a, a while. If you're not really careful, you know, you, you, you realize that you've made fighting for your life, your whole life. Mm-hmm. And you know, been a lot of times in my life I've had said, oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting off, off balance here. I'm, I'm getting to where I'm wanting some benefit of God more than I'm wanting God. And like I said, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to repeat things that I've just said in recent meetings because I, you know, I know uh, uh, there's some overlap here in people that participate in our mentoring group. But you know, one of the things I point out to people last night is when I made this decision that my highest priority in life would be to give and receive love. When I made that decision, you got to remember, I still had a kidney disease. Hmm. I was right. So, so you didn't actually make it your highest pursuit to get better. No, I still. It was a. It was. It was a year and a half later, after I made this decision, before I ever walked out of that disease, I still was fighting financial, monumental financial battles. I was still fighting legal battles, monumental legal battles, and uh, and, but my priority, I wanted to get healed, but that wasn't the most important thing. Most important thing is, man, am I connecting with God in a way that I can receive his love and a way that I can give his love? And mm-hmm. all of those things were important, but I didn't make any of those my pursuit. Mm-hmm. And so there's got to be a place where 
we choose. You know, you know, you're sitting around, you're languishing, you you know, your life is not passionate, it's not exciting, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going the way you want it to go, blah, 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 you know, down the list of all the things that people want you to pray for them. It's like pray for yourself, you know, or here's how I forget about praying for yourself. Make a decision for yourself. Decide mm-hmm. your life is going to get better. Decide you're going to mm-hmm. get happy. You know, decide, decide you're going to have a different attitude. Decide what mm-hmm. you're going to have. Decide you're going to find some way to pursue God with all your heart every day until <laughs> this comes alive. That is such good wisdom. That is such good wisdom. Just pray for yourself and decide. Yeah. <laughs> How is that for a great concept? Uh, you can't go wrong with it. That is back to the beginning, the way we started the podcast. That's taking personal responsibility, no. you know, and that is making that decision. So... We really didn't get very far down this road today. <laughs> but I loved every second but, of maybe we maybe we had a path in front of us and we stopped and take took a picnic. There you go. <laughs> On a lazy summer day, because every day with Jesus is like that lazy Absolutely. summer day. I call it my L S D. There you go. Lazy summer day. <laughs> So, you know, where, where we want to go. You don't know what to say, do you? Where we want to. No, I always know what to say. <laughs> I just make it up if I don't know what to say. I got my free will. I, you know what I mean? It's like, this is what, this is, this is what I want to say, whether it has anything to do with what you said or not. <laughs> you see, if, if I make the first choice out of my free will, I'm not waiting for God to call me into any special place. You, you know, you choose if you're going to have a special relationship or not. I'll never forget it, man. When, when I was studying the book of, I think, you know, the book of Timothy, where he says, where he says, in, in every house, there's different kinds of vessels. And then, you know, there's, there's, you know, silver vessels, there's wooden vessels, da, 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 da. And basically, and you don't realize it unless you read it in, in your thinking in context, he basically gets down there and says, so you decide to be a vessel of honor. I'll hmm. never forget the first time I, th- I thought, whoa, I thought God had to decide that. I thought, I thought, I thought he chooses. I thought he picks. I thought he had favorites. I thought, yeah, I thought God had to say, this, this is what I want you to be. Now you mm-hmm. choose if you want to be a vessel of honor or if you want to be a wooden pot or a clay pot, you, but you're the one, yeah. you're the one that's got to choose it. And so we can choose to have this special connection with God. We can choose all of these things. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. Once That's we good. make this core decision yeah, out of our good. free will, yeah, then so until we've decided what we're going to do about the God factor, then mm-hmm. the truth is I'm not really ready to make any any of my other decisions. But when I choose about I am, yeah. when I choose about the God factor, that determines if I can look at it in life and say, you know what, I believe I'm going to choose to not be broke anymore. And I remember when I made that decision. I remember getting on my knees and saying, God, I have no right being broke. Jesus died to get me out of poverty. And I repent mm-hmm. of being broke. And I just want you to know I will never be here again unless I give it all away because I will never, I will never be live like this again. I remember my That's remember right. got on our knees at the foot of our bed and repented over being broke. You know, in other words, mm-hmm. we changed our minds. And this is what we mm-hmm. choose. Mm-hmm. But you can't make those kinds of choices. You can't, you can't exercise that level of personal responsibility until you first decide it where God factors in to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I this has been really encouraging for me today. Wow, 
This has just confirmed so many thoughts for me about the things I don't have to worry about or give attention. Yes, have wisdom. Yes, hear his voice for every moment. Of course. Yes, be responsible in the choices I make throughout the day. But that one choice has been made that I'm going to choose the light so that there's no darkness that can come in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know, 2 Timothy uh, 2, 20 to 21 is the vessel of honor Mm -hmm. reference that you made there, Jim. And And the choice is... Is that you know? Will I be willing, um, really, to step into the light? Mm-hmm. That's 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 the other concept, you know, that yeah. we are speaking about today. And it says, if anyone will cleanse himself, in in other words, if anyone will step into righteousness, if anyone will step into the light, mm-hmm. the Lord, the Lord is there. Yes, and you know, just just step in and let Him be all that you see. Yes, and don't and don't think about light and darkness don't think about in that being sin or not sin no uh think about it as just stepping you know jesus said if you walk in the light you're not going there's gonna be not gonna be any opportunity for you to stumble well for me walking in the light is just being intimately connected with him and him being my priority Mm -hmm. and whether you feel Mm -hmm. it or not you know you know for years, I, I was not because my, my survival as a child was was if you have feelings, don't admit it, you know, and and don't mm-hmm. show them, you know, lock all this stuff down so that you can think rationally to protect yourself in these situations. It's not years of my walk with God was just, you know, what He loves me, and I believe that, and I don't feel much of this, but this is what I choose. This, 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 mm-hmm. is how, this is how I choose to relate to him. This is what I choose to believe about him based on the word of God. This is what I choose to do with my life in response to all of that. You, you can make those kinds of choices without feelings. And I'll tell you, if you make those kinds of choices, eventually you'll the work through the, issue, the feelings mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am making him my passion. And when we are passionately pursuing God and we make that decision to make him our highest pursuit to give and receive love, wow, yeah. everything else is just so secondary. Mm-hmm. Everything else yep. is so secondary. Thank you, Jim. This has been a great picnic. It I love stopping, al- <laughs> stopping along the way and I having a picnic. Nothing wrong with having some fried chicken and potato salad oh, right there. Come on. Oh, gosh. All of a sudden, I got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we got to end, end this podcast. We all got to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly make the first choice that was such a, so very very good jim yeah. thank you Audrey, yeah. thank you choose to be that vessel of honor mm-hmm. bob that was so good that you pulled out that scripture that was great all right people we will see you next time that's right we'll go With- deeper and deeper into the freedom of personal responsibility that's right we'll just keep walking down that path and stopping along the way for picnics because yep. that's how we do yep. okay. <laughs> have a great week